Not Quite Right for Us by Speaking Volumes is a podcast series showcasing innovative and diverse writers from underrepresented communities reflecting on experiences of outsiderness and their defiance against it. Not Quite Right for Us is based on an anthology of the same name, which is published by Speaking Volumes and Flipped High Publishing. In this episode, we'll hear Airhead by Helen Mort, Olden Friends Are Golden by Tabish Kaher, and I Equals You by Ashley Nugent. Our guide is stand-up poet Kate Fox. Because I used to just be travelling about all the time, I didn't actually have the sort of friendship where I was in either kind of more or less daily or at least two or three times a week contact with anybody. But now I have that with some local friends. My friend Katie, who I used to live in a house share with many years ago, we now live quite close to each other. She swims in the sea and she'll text and say, oh, I'm going in in the morning at eight o'clock, which is actually too early for me. But there is something so nice about going down with her. So friendship has changed a bit for me in the last 18 months and become something maybe a bit more akin to, I want to say, family. That sense of having a group of people that you keep up with and who you might say, yeah, today, today I tidied my house. And they will actually be vaguely interested that you tidied your house. It's the optimism that's the worst. This episode of Not Quite Right For Us is about friends. What Speaking Volumes does is kind of work at that really interesting edge place where a lot of the people, it's almost questioned, is what you're doing literature? Is it really literature? And even more so if you're funny, <laughs> is it? That's not poetry, is it? That's just playing about. But I'm always fascinated by the seriousness with which we treat seriousness. <laughs> I actually originally worked as a radio journalist. So the base of what I do and how I see the world, my training originally is recognising there's an audience, um, recognising I need to speak to them quite accessibly and snappily and quickly and asking a lot of questions about the world. And I think that transfers to then being a kind of public sort of poet who gets commissions about things. And then comedies always run through what I do. Humour is one of those things that can often pull together the heart and the head in a brilliant way. It's just under-recognised as great writing so often. Although of late, it's become a bit less of a, a thing <laughs> because I didn't feel very funny during the pandemic, but I'm sure it will come back in again. An organisation like Speaking Volumes that kind of recognises the importance of writers coming outside the mainstream, but puts on really beautifully curated events. It's vital, actually. I think it's really important that it exists because the literary world is potentially so closed and hasn't always been very good at mixing up different types of person and voice. The event I particularly remember doing, well, there were two things. There was an amazing gig that was recognising punk poetry and its history 
to be kind of recognized as part of that lineage, that was huge for me. I'm not usually known or seen as that because there can be a perception, oh, she's a funny poet from the north of England. Well, that's just a thing in itself. I'm aware of my debt to... I'll, I'll mention a name that no one will have heard of, but a, a poet called Wild Willie Beckett from Bradford, the same city as me. And he was a punk poet. And he was the first performance poet I ever heard. And I thought, that is what I want to do. He was funny and quirky and out there. Then Speaking Volumes did a tour which came up to Leeds, near where I was living at the time, in the north of England. And Tim Wells was on that show. His directness and that just acute, specific, observational eye, which is a detached eye, but it's not a cold eye. It's as if there's a recognition of, let's say, alternative histories in this country that are often erased or buried. So that's kind of where I came from. Airhead by Helen Mott. When Libra gets to the cocktail party, she digs into her pleather handbag for her gift and finds she's only brought the stars, crumbled blue cheese, ash stink of them. She excuses herself, floats to the bathroom, locks the door, but the windows open and her mother, the sky, slips in to spy on her, criticise her sun-coloured blouse, loud blonde hair. Libra always has clean socks, irons her underwear, but no one cares. She haunts the edges of the room, troubled by her moony face in the flicker of a lifted wine glass or held in the lens of someone else's eyes. She cannot leave a conversation, so she talks until tight smiles become excuses, gazes drift over her shoulder. Would you dance with her? In your arms, she'd cleave to your shape, merge with your shadow. She's so polite, but she weighs herself down with empty bottles, gold fizzing liquid, hoping to anchor the kite of her heart. So eager. It's not her fault she smells of old clouds and aeroplane trails. Would you hold her hand? Would you take her home if you thought... She wrote this. Basically, London is so much a centre of power in this country. It's a centre of power in terms of politics, the media, the literary scene. And it can actually be quite hard to get on in any creative industry if, if you don't move to London or you're not from London. Then... If you are from the north of England, and if you sound like it, if you have the accent, that's tied into a really strong perception that you are working class, which I was originally. And actually somehow that can lead just in itself because of the way that the literary establishment is so entrenched in this country. Just being working class can mean you're, you're outside certain norms in the poetry world and it can be a bit harder to knock down those doors. And then you've got the geographical distance from where a lot of those doors are. And we have various socioeconomic disadvantages in the North that means we get less money spent on things like the arts and transport and training. Not everyone from the North of England is marginalised. And yet, there's a really interesting term, actually. It's not that the North of England is colonised, 
but there is a coloniality about the north of England in terms of London and the south of England. Olden Friends Are Golden by Tabish Kerr Grivel sat in a wicker chair on the balcony of his palatial new house in a suburb of Bhopal and browsed through the seven daily newspapers, three in Hindi, to which he subscribed. It was 7.30 in the morning. He had been up from 5.30 as was his routine. First his puja, then yoga and a stint on his exercise bike before taking a shower in cold water, for that was good for his circulation. Now, he had exactly half an hour on his own before the business of the day began seeing people. Gridha was a municipal councillor, hoping to get a ticket from the Congress party to become a member of the Legislative Assembly. He had retired early as a police officer to enter this field. His wife walked in with a tray. On it were a cup of tea and a plate with two biscuits. She put it on the wicker table and went back into the house to instruct the cook. Breakfast had to be served exactly at eight. One of the three smartphones on the table buzzed. Gridha looked at it with annoyance. This was his private moment. Then he saw it was a message from the WhatsApp group he shared with his old school friend from Pasa, a small town in another state. He picked up the phone. Lakshmi had finished supervising her husband's office-going rituals. His office was in another part of the house. What he did there was partly a mystery to Lakshmi, one part of it, the part that had to do with making money, the money that had enabled them to move out of Pasa and buy this sprawling farmhouse outside Lucknow. The other part she knew and understood. Her husband wrote, historical novels. He published them under his own imprint because established publishers were so biased. But since 2014, her husband had started receiving prizes and attention. The prizes were by organizations with names like the Hindu Renewal League or Sanatan Dharma Sahitya or the Yogi Trading Association, not the Booker Committee or even the Sahitya Academy, but Lakshmi was not familiar with the distinction between such organizations. The prizes showered on her husband seemed impressive to her, and the functions involved ministers, dozens of impassive-looking people, sometimes even TV and film stars. Just last year, when they had finally visited USA, her husband had been honored as a best-selling author at a literary events organized by the Indian High Commission. Lakshmi was happy with her life. She designed dresses in her spare time and proud of her husband. She devoted full attention to him when he was around. But the moment he left, a pile of books carried behind him by a servant, she picked up her iPhone. That is when she saw the WhatsApp message. 
Place is really important to me because being from the north of England, I am heard through my northern accent as a northerner. And I think that means particular things either to fellow northerners or to people who are not from the north of England. So I find voice and how it intersects with place fascinating. Because of my background as a journalist, I love writing about topical events and people's takes on those. So I have written a lot of pandemic poems. And I'm really interested in trauma. And I think a lot of comedians at some level are interested in trauma because comedy is all about smashing reality apart and then repairing it again. And I think trauma encourages people to do that and can be healed by doing that. I Equals You by Ashley Nugent. I understand that you won't understand because you could never live as me but I know what you think because I am you. You aspire to be John Wayne or Winston Churchill or the Queen to win a crown or win the war or slaughter folks at wounded knee and when we grew and learned our hero saw my family as the enemy. Well you could just ignore such facts because you could never live as me. We had the biggest empire, you're white, they're red and blue. We are the cleverest, the bravest and most worthy, point is proved. But when it dawned on us, the blood we drink is how the empire grew. It was easier to ignore the guilt, I know, cause I am you. When they say muddy coloured people are polluting our white country and there's something in their blood that makes them indolent and ugly, you don't have to sift the ashes of your old identity to understand how you agreed with them, because you could never live as me. Obama changed the narrative, so now what we accrue is all attributive to what the individual may choose. Institutions, Trump and history, they're easy to refuse. You want to think that we're all colourblind? I know, cos I am you. You will never feel that everything you say and do and be is being observed and compared and judged uncompromisingly and deemed innate to all who shared your shade throughout all human history. This burden's never crossed your mind because you could never live as me and logic seems to state that if we gain you surely lose even if that gain was only some brief mention in the news or a few flimsy attempts to be more honest in their schools but if I truly gain it's your gain too I know because I am me and you so stop and think get real this thing is nowhere near through Never doubt you have my love though, you should know, cause I am you. And I will stop and feel and understand that blame won't help us breathe. And I will speak, but will you listen? Because you could never live as me. You've been listening to Helen Mort, Tabish Kahare, and Ashley Nugent, with Kate Fox and Lucy Hanna. Music composed by Dominique Lejean. Speaking Volumes presents and promotes new and underrepresented voices to diverse audiences. The Not Quite Right For Us anthology celebrates 10 years of Speaking Volumes. It's published by Flipped Eye Publishing and it features 40 international writers. 
The anthology is available at all good bookshops, or you can order from Flipdie at www.flipdie.net. For more information about Speaking Volumes, go to www.speakingvolumes.org.uk. The Not Quite Right For Us podcast is produced by Craig Garrett and Shona Hawkes in collaboration with Speaking Volumes.